Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome to Daddy vs. Doctor. Here are your hosts, pediatrician Dr. Scott Cohen and comedian Sebastian Maniscalco. Welcome to Daddy versus Doctor. My name is Sebastian Maniscalco, Dr. Scott Cohen across the uh, beautiful marble table. Um, and if anybody forgets who you are, they can look at your jacket. Yeah, I have my, my name yeah. on my jacket. I just pulled this out of the closet and I said, you know what? I'm going to wear my, um, this is my Madison Square uh, Garden jacket, by the way. Oh, that's nice. You had that made? They made it for you? Oh, they gave it to me. That's great. You, that's nice. Legitimate. No. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I'm not a guy that wears like these. Like anytime I get like a swag yeah. jacket or whatever, I basically put it in what I call a memory box and just have it there. That's, I never generally nice wear it. Uh, but I feel like a, an electrician with the name. But if I had known, jacket. I, I should have worn a scrub that says Dr. Scott on it. <laughs> you know, I don't own anything with my name on it. I should... Um, well, don't you have maybe Mass Don't you have one? Won't make something for me. <laughs> what? Don't you have like a white lab coat that says no, Doctor Scar? And we don't wear lab coats. I know, but way like back when. if you if you had like twenty years ago, you weren't in a lab coat. You were always dressing like no, a no. Then we had hipster. lab coats, yeah. And then it's uh, we had name <laughs> we had name tags. We now stitching's expensive. It's yeah. very difficult. Um, we thought it'd be fun this uh, this morning to start off the show with a, a mailbag item. Mailbag mail is something. Bag. Uh, we do where we get uh, questions from you, the listener, the viewer, and discuss uh, some of the questions. So let's uh, let's start off with what we got. We're gonna jump right in to the bag. Right, what do we got? We got hi guys. Got a minor problem. A few years ago, me and my wife started letting our son sleep in our bed about every other night. When he had nightmares, when he was restless, and then eventually whenever he or she wanted. Well, he's six years old now, and there's barely a night he doesn't sleep on our bed. We've tried breaking this a few times with stern warnings, locking the door, etc., but we eventually cave into his needs. It is affecting our intimacy. Who, <laughs> who wants the bone when your kid is likely to walk in? Wow. Well, I, that ver Do you use that one? Are these real? Sexual intercourse? <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, I, I just, before you even finish the question, yeah. I, I wanna I wanna like if you're referring to your sexual intercourse as <laughs> as boning, <laughs> I think we gotta look at the marriage, right? Also, I wanna I wanna this is this is <laughs> total side note and, and I and I heard this recently. Yeah. I don't know if Aaron does this to you, all right, but if she does it needs to stop. I can't imagine the segue you just went from boning to mentioning my with, wife's name. It has yes. something to do with boning. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard this more than once. Yes. That women uh -huh. deprive men uh -huh. of sex uh -huh. because they didn't do something. It's almost a, like a punishment. Like, mm. I ain't having sex with you this week because... The, it, it's like It's like they withhold sex right. because there was a issue in the marriage are you are you dealing with this? I, no i mean i hope not i don't think so well 
a, a friend of mine is yeah. going through this right now where they have my, my wife won't have sex with me. Why not? Well, because I'm in the dog house. I'm in the dog house. If you're in the dog house already, <laughs> sex ain't happening. It's not like when you're mad at one another, it's not the 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 next thing is like let's go bone. Right. As this as this uh person refers it to. I was going to say this this has to be somebody from New Jersey and <laughs> I looked down and it says Jimmy in Jersey City. Oh yeah, <laughs> Jimmy in Jersey City's moaning people. So, with his make believe wife, <laughs> this isn't even. This is his fictitious family. So, so what is the question? There? Any advice on how we break this habit? Is well, the child sleeping with the kids, the parents, and it's, it's all, this has it, nothing to do with uh, nightmares. Okay, but I want to. I want to. I want to touch on these two points. Yes. You are setting yourself up for a disaster if yes. you allow your ch- kid to yes. come in your bedroom and sleep in the bed. It's an extremely hard habit to break. We never went through it. Thank God the kids stay in their room. They don't move. They come. They go in at 7. They come out at 7. Right. There's no coming in at midnight or what have you. Uh, and number two, nightmares. When do kids uh-huh. start dreaming? Uh-huh. What age? No, I mean, they start dreaming early, but nightmares and night terrors most commonly around when imagination peaks in the four-year range, three to four-year range. So that's that's typical. Okay. And I don't know if you know this question, but I'm going to throw it out at okay. you. What causes, because I was told by yeah. my mother, if you eat, uh-huh. <laughs> if you eat before you go to bed, you you're going to have nightmares. Oh, yeah. No, that was a good way to get her. Your wife says, if you, if I withhold sex from you, you're not going to have nightmares. Right. That didn't even make sense. <laughs> I was trying to bring us back to that. Yeah. Once again, but anyway, stick, <laughs> stick to, to the, the medicine. medicine. <laughs> yeah. I don't think eating um, before bed causes nightmares. Okay. That's no, what I was told growing up. It's developmental up. imagination going crazy. Very common. Normal development. Okay. You know, there's two types of things, right? You know, nightmares and night terrors. Again, just grew up with nightmares. Yeah. Uh, no one ever heard of night terrors. Please tell us the difference. No. So <laughs> different phases of sleep. So you'll hear about a child who a couple hours after going to sleep wakes up screaming. Sometimes their eyes are open. They Sometimes they're saying things. They're throwing punches. They actually look like they're awake. It's the same phase of sleep. It's actually deep sleep, stage four sleep that you're in when you're sleepwalking. And it's earlier in the sleep cycle. You don't remember it in the morning. Mm-hmm. And the idea is keep the lights off, keep your voice down, lay them back down, hug, cop. You know, you don't want to wake them up. It's more rousing, more scary. Nightmares is what you think about. Bad dreams, REM, late, you know, mid to end of sleep cycle. Um, you remember them the next morning. Treatment's still the same. Going as a parent, keep the lights off, keep your voice down, hold, hug, lay them back down. Um, but just two different things that can look similar, but different stages of sleep. Got it. I mean, I, I've heard screams yeah. come out of the room, right? Yeah. But we, we, you know, we just chalk it up to a nightmare or whatever they right. had. We don't go check. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, ah, and then, uh, and then, uh, yeah. okay. Must a lot be. of times, right. They're unaware. So like, yeah. that's why if they're, if they're sleeping, a lot of kids, eyes will be closed. They're, they're very, kids are very like vocal and kinetic sleepers. They move a lot. They make a lot of noises. It usually bothers us, but if it's not bothering them, let's just let them be. Is that something that happens? Cause I've noticed Serafina, she'll be 
even Caruso, they'll be sideways. They'll be down mm-hmm. on the bed. They'll yeah. be over here, over there. Yeah. And is that something that kids just kind of eventually grow out of? Yeah, I think it gets better over time. And it doesn't, I tell people, just because they're moving around, just because they're making noise, doesn't mean they're sleeping poorly. Yeah. It's just usually you hear from families that the child's sleeping right next to them. It's waking you up constantly. I mean, yeah. I, I can't sleep when my girls, I mean, they never did, but every once in a while, you know, like there's a foot in your head and a turn. I, I can't. That's my wife blames me. It's usually me that's moving around so much. She she'd rather sleep with them than me, probably. Love what Dr. Cohen did just then is, um, and I'm going to implement this into my own um, vocabulary and, and speech pattern. He referred to aggressive sleep and uh, high movement as kinetic. Kinetic. And I think that's a nice word. Kinetic movement. Uh, kinetic movement. I, I you ever learn a word and you can't wait to yeah. put it. In a sentence, you let me know when you at use a that. later date. Like, <laughs> in a sentence, like I'm gonna use the word, and and Alana will d- disagree with me, but I feel yeah, I have more of an abundant vocabulary mm-hmm. than my wife, mm-hmm. right? And I believe if I throw, I'll throw out this word, yeah, with her, and I won't even reference that i threw it out mm-hmm. and i guarantee she'll absorb the word mm-hmm. and start using it she, she's almost aping my vocabulary oh, she's learning from you yeah it's like AI. But she'll never <laughs> she's, she's <laughs> you're training the ai to use so we we could do that we just drop words and ideas and see if they come up later on that'd be amazing uh, well i mean who do you think has a, a better vocabulary, yourself or, or Aaron, your wife? I, I mean, Aaron speaks probably more properly than I do. She's always editing my stuff. Okay, but so, I think I think uh, they're pretty equal. It's pretty equal. As as far as intelligence yeah. is concerned, oh, she's much more than I am. Okay, yeah, but in in what like in in reading retention in everyday knowledge like who's more prone to go let me google that in your relationship here's the difference in our intelligence she will agree for aaron to get from point a to point z she is very methodical she needs to go through all 26 letters of the alphabet the way my brain works is immediately if you tell me to go from a to z i'm trying to figure out the shortest way to do it the shortcut so it's just we go about things differently. You know, she's very methodical. Everything is very much in its place and appropriate. And I'm always looking for little shortcuts, which my way bothers her because it's like, well, why do you always have to find a shortcut for things? And her way bothers me because like it feels long. Things take long. But very successful. She does it and she's very successful in the way I just couldn't do it that way. Mm-hmm. Like we do it when it's funny when the kids come with like math problems, right? You know, she she's like the way the schools want it, where it's like step by step by step, and I'm like, we'll, we'll just go from here to here, just get get to the answer. It doesn't make a difference. Well, this is what's going to concern me is when the kids are going to start coming up to me for help. Yeah, in school, I want to know where kind of my education dips <laughs> where off. Did it end? What grade does it end at? <laughs> Although I have a college education, right? I don't believe I 
you know, like if you threw me in eighth grade right mm. now, I might have trouble right. passing a test. Right. Right? But it's right, it's different knowledge. Right. Well, is it like if 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 they gave you a history exam, an eighth grade history yeah, I exam, probably, I probably wouldn't pass it either. You wouldn't, right. you wouldn't pass. Well, it. what was that show? Fifth grader. Uh, what, uh, what, what fifth, yeah, it's yeah. like all those questions. I don't remember those. Now, if you gave me a science book and a history book in fifth grade and gave me a couple of days, yeah, I'd get all the answers right. But like right yeah. off the bat, I, I couldn't even say that I, I would get the answers right. That that's, I I don't know what happened to me if there was. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just I just feel my level of absorbing information, yeah. being able to retain it and refer to it, has con- really dipped off in the last three to four years. Um, but I am using kinetic in a sentence yeah. this weekend uh-huh. to I, see how that's when that happens. Yeah. The good news is your job will be one of the few that won't be replaced by AI. So you're you're okay. I don't know, man. I, the, I am really scared to see where this ai goes right, I, they're gonna I, do stand-up comedy well i'll tell you what i <laughs> we did we did this on the on the other podcast we threw in a joke yeah to ai and said to ai write a joke like sebastian mascalco and spit out three jokes were they over the top hilarious no but it wasn't i bad. wouldn't mind taking a seedling of it and going okay i, I, really? I, I could work with that so that's that's how I've used it a couple times because I think it's very quick on giving you a framework that makes because a lot of times when you have an idea, getting it down on paper is the hardest part, and it does a great job of like spitting out a framework and then you can mold yeah. it. I don't think the finished product is great, like it's not what I would do, but I think yes for an initial framework. So that's interesting even for jokes because I thought as far as like sense of humor and artistic quality, it wouldn't be good. Well, what it does is... It finds all your jokes, right? Yeah, you could feed it my six specials. It will recognize a pattern and then take that pattern. Because what what did we do? We did... we did write a jo- write a joke about standing in line, waiting in line at the grocery store uh-huh. as Sebastian Maniscalco, and it spit out three samples. And I was like, oh, okay, these are, you know... These I could work with these similar to a letter. I, I have problems uh-huh. writing an email. Right, it gives right? a good framework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's say if you wanted to tell an employee that they're getting a promotion and you wanted to put it in writing, mm-hmm. you, you'd write into the AI promotional letter, right? Or or looking for a um, an employee and it would spit you back something. You're like, this is yeah, this I, is. I, it is. I mean. It will be interesting what jobs get replaced. Well, they could recognize your voice, right? Mm-hmm. So you so you can talk into a microphone. AI will recognize your voice and then talk back to you the way you just talked into the microphone. They'll apply your voice to different words. So who's to say that AI, you could throw in the jokes, right? Then hear your voice hear the voice and you can listen to a audio recording of not me say jokes like me would you trust it diagnosing your child so this just came up there was actually a report they put in a scenario a vignette of a patient with an uncommon illness and they compared it to 
doctors taking a board exam to see, you know, percentage wise, and AI got it correct more often than a lot of the doctors got it on their board exam. And the answer was uh, congenital adrenal hyperplasia, which is something that sometimes we see. Not so rare. Um, but it's just very interesting that it picked it out. Now, I wonder, you know, what we're feeding it, we're, we're leading the witness a little bit, right? Like if you only fed me the pertinent symptoms, it's easier to come up with the diagnosis than if you just came in and talked for 30 minutes and weeded it out. I think the hard thing in medicine with computers, and we see this with Google, you put in symptoms, you can get a million different answers and they can even tell you which are the most likely, but I just feel there's this human touch in, of really knowing what it is. It, you know, the practice of medicine really is, you know, I've seen this, I've done it. And I guess, you know, ChatGPT, right, can go through millions and millions of cases and I guess get that experience. I just have a hard time. Would you trust, would you trust AI with like diagnosing your child with an illness? I think it, it's an adjuvant, like it helps, but it's not the end all be all. But maybe I'm being naive. Well, here, you know, AI drive cars, right? Right. So they're saying that the way a car is driven by a computer is far superior Safer. than a human, yeah. right? And we've talked about this in the in the in the past of misdiagnosing right. a disease or something. I mean, there's a human error involved in this, 100%. right? Yeah. But if an AI can access and this is different than Google, because Google, I think, what they so nebulous, yeah, so much. But AI, if 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 this is another form of a search engine, but is utilizing, you know, uh, right. peer-reviewed article, journals 100%. and doctor yes. website and, and formulating all that and going, oh yeah, you have <clears throat> testicular cancer, sure. based on your history and whatnot. I don't know, I. Yeah. Would I trust it now? Maybe not, but 10 years from now? Yeah. Who's to say that this is... Yeah, I mean, I think with with a person right now, I think it could be a tool to weed things down. Like, I've done that with cases that I know are going to be something very unusual. I'll throw in some, like, symptoms and just more to give me a list of things to think about myself, and then I can go through that list and be like, mm, it's not that, it's not that. But I don't use it to say... This is what it is. Yeah, yeah. all be all. No, no, no. I, so. I, I don't. I, I would hard. It would hard be hard for me to listen to a computer saying, "Oh, you have a rare type of brain cancer," and I go, "Hold on, let me go to a doctor." Right. Right. But I mean, I don't know where this is going. Where in in twenty years is a doctor gonna go? You got brain cancer, and then the, it, let me go to AI. Yeah. I don't right. know what the fuck you're talking about? <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> We become the Google and they become the, the expert, yeah. right? Like, who's that quack thing? I know. But there's something to be said about a doctor and talking to a doctor, a bedside manner, yeah. you know. I don't think you want a printout of a disease, you know. I think you want somebody to say, hey, you know what? You have this, but don't worry. We have A, B, and C we could do. Right. And it, I, I, couldn't take, I couldn't take it in an email from AI right. saying, you got three weeks to live. Right. Well, you, and you know, like, I mean, some of the most intelligent people that are more robotic and don't have a bedside manner aren't necessarily the people you want to be your doctor in some yeah. cases. So I think that does matter. I hope it matters. So I can tell jokes. <laughs>
When and how do you talk to your kid about sex? Is this a, a, a typical age where you say, hey, this is how it happens, this is what you should be doing? Is that Does that happen at your office? They, they, and when they turn 15, we, right. we introduce this. Yeah. I don't think it's one age, one conversation and done. I think it's a spectrum of conversations that start early and then sort of grow on each other depending on the child's development. So I think early on, and you see this in schools around fifth grade. Um, so these are the 10 year olds, you know, 10, 11 year olds. Um, in school, they usually do a health class and science class where they start talking about just puberty, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of the girls have started puberty even in fourth grade, you know, eight, nine, 10, boys are a little later, so fifth grade. So usually in that fourth and fifth grade, you wanna preempt that discussion so they know about puberty ahead of time. So it's more how your body's changing, emotions, development, what to expect. Then usually as you're approaching junior high, so the seventh graders, then they have usually like a health class at school where now they're talking about like sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So you're sort of talking about those things. A lot of times when you talk about those things beforehand, it's very abstract to the child. They don't really understand it. So it's sort of phases. And then we start talking about not just how your body's changing, but interactions you're having with other children, possible sexual interactions, exposure to drugs, cigarettes, vaping, all that stuff. That starts that discussion. And then after junior high, it just continues from that. So what we do, you know, starting at 13 in the office, I ask the parents, you'll see this. I say, you know, now that you're 13, if it's okay with you and your parents, after we go over some other things like things parents love, the growth, the development, all that stuff. If I could talk to you one-on-one -on -one and we talk about teenage stuff and everything we talk about is between me and you and I don't go out and tell your mom and dad anything, even if they beg me, it's the best part of my job. Um, the only thing I would have to report is if you told me you were gonna hurt yourself or someone else. So that's sort of my typical spiel. Parents are usually all for it and it allows the one-on-one -on -one discussion with the child, not just for me to educate, but also to see what they know and what they're ready to discuss. I mean, there are 13 year olds who already have exposure and experiences and we got to dive deep. And then there are 13 year olds who, you know, the mention about some sort of sexual interactions is so foreign to them, you know, this isn't necessarily the right time to have that discussion. Okay, so over the last 20, 25 years you've yeah. been doing this, have, have you noticed there has been a uh, uptick in a sexual activity amongst uh, teenagers or do you see that you're, do you, are you going like man they're having sex earlier and earlier drugs are very prevalent or yeah. is it the same I feel like exposures have increased a lot not you know my population of patients maybe they're not uh, having those interactions so much earlier, some are, some aren't, but I think everybody's exposed much earlier because of social media, mm -hmm. right? So everybody knows somebody who maybe has had sexual interactions with somebody else, somebody who smoked, somebody who vaped. I mean, I feel like I went through junior high and high school and maybe I had like blinders on and I was so naive. Like I, I didn't know about any of that stuff. I was in a bubble. Everybody's aware of it. And, and kids are usually good about I'm not doing it. And even my friend group isn't doing it, but oh, definitely those kids are doing it. Mm -hmm. And it just starts that discussion because they see it also on social media. I mean, they're just around it all the time. I didn't see it anywhere in growing up. I Obviously, know. we didn't have social media, but I was, I got to tell you, what I was doing in the backyard with some of the girls in the neighborhood was beyond my ears. I mean, <laughs> what? 
I thought you were going to say what you were doing by yourself uh, in the backyard was beyond your years. Nah, I remember uh, this girl down the street, her name was Kathy, and she used to come over, and uh, I used to go in the backyard and make like a little tent for us to go into and, uh, and fool around, but I, it was like, you know, it's got to be around fifth, sixth grade. Yeah, I felt like even though... The only exposure we really had to yeah. anything sexual was we used to go in the woods and uh, there was a box of like Playboy and Hustler that someone had dropped off there. Uh-huh. And I remember uh, we, you know, we used to thumb, thumb through. It was like our, our, our like, uh, it's like our porn stuff. <laughs> right. Back, back in the, way you live in Oregon? <laughs> was it like the trail? You were out there. You know what I did find in my dad's stash? Yeah. On, on Betamax, he had, and he, I don't know if he brought it over from Sicily or what, but it was like, like one of those Italian pornos, but it wasn't like explicit. It was, uh, you know, just like a like feeding each other like mozzarella, <laughs> <laughs> like really sensually. <laughs> yeah, they were eating bruschetta naked. Uh, <laughs> I remember, oh God, I remember being at my friend Brian's house, and they had in their basement which we didn't have. They had cable TV and they had Cinemax. And I remember him putting it on and like, there was a scene, you know, like Skinamax yeah, seeing yeah. that for the first time. And it was like below, it like blew my mind oh, because yeah. it, up until that point, yeah, it was mainly like, right. It was uh, well, Esquire magazine and a girl in a, in a dress. <laughs> it's funny growing up, going over to friends' houses and whatnot. We went over to a friend of ours. House. His, his, he goes, my father's got a, uh, a, a, we call them nudie mags uh, back then. He's got a nudie mag <laughs> stash. So we went in to see, literally a closet was stacked, I mean stacks <laughs> of, of magazines. And we, it, back then I was like, this is this ain't right. You know, like. <laughs> we can't be friends anymore. Yeah, like, he's married to your yeah. mom, right? And, and we went in there, he had like a library of like, you know. And this was like, this wasn't Playboy or Hustler. This was like, you know, yeah, explicit. You know, like the ones know. where when you went to the store, they had to put a cardboard oh, on the cover the, <laughs> because the it was Seven like, Eleven. It was like a bukkake scene on the on the on the cover. What? What? How old were you? Do you remember anybody sitting with you and talking about this stuff? Because I think that's the other thing. Nowadays, there's so much exposure whether it's social media or friends or somebody that it is important to have these little discussions with an adult. So at least they have good information and yeah. they feel comfortable with it. No, like to your point, we had sex education in fifth grade. Yeah. I, I remember specifically them talking about that at home. Yeah. My parents, it was, uh, our sex education was, uh, <laughs> God, <laughs> this is what my, <laughs> I don't even, this wasn't going on in your house. I guarantee it. My mom used to say, put a cap on it. I mean, <laughs> like yelled across the house? Yeah, like if I was going out or oh, whatever. To you, not to your father. No. <laughs> I, I thought bedtime, kids are in bed and she's screaming in her apron. 
Put a gap on it, and you just knew. Stay no, in my room. No, stay no, in my room. No, no, no. Talk no, about nightmares. No, this was our. Yeah, this was our sex education. Put a cap on it if you do anything. Uh, okay. Um, Did you even know what that meant, though? Yeah, I mean, in, in general, I knew. Oh. I knew what she was talking about it, but, but, I told my mom, I, I was having sex with my girlfriend at sixteen. It kind of came up in conversation. Yeah. She goes, "I don't know what you're doing, you know. If you know, you guys are." I go, "Yeah, mom, we're, we're you know, we're we're intimate together." She said, "What?" She was stunned. Yeah. At 16, I was having sex, but and then I'm thinking about my kids. I now that imagine. I have kids, my beautiful little daughter, if she had sex at 16, I think I might have a stroke. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know. I mean, I can't. I, I, can't I was how so. Young. I don't even know what. I was so late. I was so naive. When, when were you? Did we talk about? Did we talk nah. about when he had sex for nah. the first time? What, what was it? Nineteen? I was. I was in college. Oh, you were in college. Jesus, what the fuck were you doing in high school? <laughs> Just pulling it the whole time. <laughs> I was studying. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference between doctors and like guys like me, like uh, guys like me. No, sixteen. And then this guy's like in was it? Well, yeah, nine, you know, eighteen, nineteen. Was it? Yeah, it was sixteen. Like, was it? Maybe it was it earlier, and I just don't remember. No, well, now no. that you said it, yeah, you go, oh, I, I don't look cool. <laughs> now I gotta go. Oh, no, I think no, it was I told you. I told you when I went to summer camp and we were going through the Rite Aid and we were picking out deodorants and certain number of bars of soap you went through your checklist and we got to the counter and they were, they were checking out and there's a box of condoms and I said to mom I go what are those and she goes you never know and I'm like no I pretty much know and she was like well you never know and those things expired before I used them wow college yeah. that's that's uh, that's late that's, that's a late bloom <laughs> and and <laughs> On the special edition of Daddy versus Doctor. <laughs> hey, sometimes you so gotta this is this is what I want to do. I'm serious about this. Yeah. I've wanted to do this for a long time. You'd be the perfect person to do this with. So still, have you seen these sex education videos they show at schools? No. Okay. They're horrible. They're still like the nineteen seventy like they're wearing overalls. Hey Johnny, let's uh. go to the park and kiss, you know, things like that. We gotta revamp. The, the sex ed education that's seen around the country. Every school does it. You, it's, it should be funny. It should be new wave. It should be social media. It should be all that stuff because the kids, like I watch the kids watching it. They think it's a joke. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised they're still using antiquated videos from the 80s. I mean, they're showing sex yeah, pictures of like pubic hair that are like curly Pencil so drawings, what would you have, like, like just, that. just bald now. Everybody, everybody's <laughs> shaving it down to street level, and you're like, "This is what you're supposed to do: clip your balls." Uh, <laughs> this is this is going off the rail. No, I, but but you bring up a great point in regards to how do you educate kids on sex today, opposed to 30 years? I mean, don't you have to have some component? Of social media, and I don't know if social media is even covered in. It's not education. at all, which and, is crazy. And, and in that talk, it's not even covered. Yeah, I mean, like, don't you think in the sex education talk there should be a segment there about like predators preying off yeah. kids through Instagram, TikTok, or what have you, to even be aware of that? Right. I mean, I, I would think this would be a class. What, what it needs to be is it needs to be a discussion, mm -hmm. right? Because what we do to kids, I do it in my office, unfortunately in the schools, we lecture to them. We say, here's the material and this is what you should know. What it should be is, okay, that's great, but 
what are you what are you seeing? What what do you, what questions do you have? What have you seen on the internet that you're wondering about? Right? Because that's when the interesting topics are going to come up that everybody's thinking about and exposed to, but nobody talks about. Yeah, but I mean, you want to open up that discussion? Yeah, I but, think you'd be shocked. No, at I know. What kids would say, and yeah. I think the kids are going to know more than the adults about it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But and, I, and, but I think it has to have a discussion so that you know what what to worry about, and what not to worry about. I mean, I think about yeah. I mean, the predators. Gosh, I mean, I tell Aaron's like before Aubrey goes to college, she's going to watch every season of SVU. And uh, what's the Liam Neeson movies? Oh, Taken. Taken, yeah. We're going to watch all those and scare the crap out of her and be like, you know, but it's scary. That stuff's scary when you think about it as a father. Yeah. Um, here's something I want to share with the audience, and, and this is something that wasn't really taught to me at a young age. I want to get your take on uh, teaching kids about money. Mm. Uh, F- Serafina and Caruso have a piggy bank. Yeah. And they have money. Uh, the denominations are between a dollar and fifty dollars. Okay. Right? Grandparents give money, whatever, money for birthday, whatever. So what I did with Serafina is I I told her how to organize her money. And what I mean by organize the money is what I do with my wallet. I have all the heads of the presidents facing the same way. There's, okay. there's not an upside down head. All right, a little all the, yeah. Well, all, well, I just, I, I, for me, it's easy to have all the heads facing the right way <laughs> okay. when I count it out. And then what I do is I, I go from, you know, big bills to uh, small bills. Okay. And then I turn it and I have the ones on the outside and I put it in my money clip. Okay. Right. So. <laughs> you seem so Italian there. You're like, <laughs> do you do you have cash on you right now? Uh, in in my wallet in my car. Very yeah, but very little. Like I feel like I don't have my wallet on me most of the time. Do you know how much money you have in your wallet right now? No, no. Did you at one point? Yeah. Okay. Do you guys know how much money you have in your wallet right now? But how, we don't how, use how, cash as no, much. No, no, no. How much do you have? In I your, just have a five right now. You have a five. <laughs> wow. No wonder you know. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get me a Mountain Dew later? <laughs> Do you know how much you got? Yeah, I think I got about 160. 160 dollars. Okay. Okay. Wow. See, see. Uh, I, I, Do you I know? Want... Do I know? Yeah, no, I, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't know. I know. I, I, I used to know how much money. He's got five. <laughs> and I don't. I don't know if that's because money is not used as much. Therefore, I do not know how much I have. Or I'm wondering if when. You, uh, when you make money, uh-huh. if you just like, you know, you just have money in your wallet, you know what I'm saying? Like I used yeah. to know how much money I had in my checking account. Right. If somebody goes, how much you got in a checking account? I would say I got $864 and 14 right. cents. I knew right? that right in college. I knew that when I had my first job yeah. because every dollar. So I think in that essence every dollar was meaningful Mm -hmm. so i had to know because i was paying bills and i had to know exactly and when you get to there's a little bit of cushion it's not as worrisome but for me the wallet isn't that one i don't we don't use cash much we don't use cash but my my point is with the kids yeah when do kids start realizing like does aubrey know Mm -hmm. oh wow dad drives a tesla Mm -hmm. a tesla 
is a hundred grand, mm-hmm. and uh, the Mazda Miata is. Th- th- do they yeah. know? Do they know that? When do they start knowing? Because like Crusoe's like, I'm gonna buy a monster truck when I grow up, right. and I go, okay, you you're, you're gonna have to. He goes, no, you buy it. I go, no, I ain't gonna buy it. <laughs> right. You know, and I go, that's a lot of money. Right. But what? Where does it? Yeah, no, is they, this too I mean, early to be no, teaching kids like, listen, fi- you know how much fifty dollars is? Right, fifty dollars could buy you that. That that they no, have no at, at his age, it's totally abstract, right? It's yeah, just money is used to get things. Yeah, yeah. But like, like you said, the one dollar and the fifty dollar, he's uh, it doesn't make any yeah. bit of a difference. I think definitely like the junior high and high school kids definitely know the difference. I still don't think they're good at really understanding what it takes to make that money. Perfect example. We're on vacation. We're talking about colleges. Lexi, who's my almost 13-year-old, said, I would love to go to University of Hawaii. What she knows of University of Hawaii is that it's in Hawaii, Mm -hmm. right? So we're just talking about Hawaii. So she goes on the internet and she says, so if I go to college there, you guys should buy a house there because then I can stay in it with my roommates and rent it out and make money off of it. And she's, hey, that's actually a, a great business plan. So she finds a house and the house is $2 million. Okay. Again, like $2 million, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. So I said, Lexi, who's paying for this house? She's like, well, you guys are. And I'm like, no, what what if you had to buy a house that your your friends stay in? She goes, okay. And I said, all right, how are you going to pay for that? I'm going to get a job. Okay. All right. So you're going to work at Starbucks for $15 an hour. I want you to do the math right now. You got to put 20% down of the 2 million. So 400,000. I want you to divide 400,000 by $15 an hour. And how many hours does that take? Now divide that by 366 hours a day. Basically she has to work for the next 17 years, right? Mm -hmm. For six hours a day, every day. So that's the part they don't they don't get mm-hmm. like it's like oh yeah just i'm just gonna buy it yeah so i think that is very hard for i, mean, I think adults still have a hard time with that no absolutely right? and, and and to that point and i and I, I saw this online the other day some financial people say buy your kids mm-hmm. a house mm-hmm. now yeah right yeah. so i would buy seraphina a home yeah at six it's in her name right Rent it out. Mm-hmm. She builds uh, credit, yeah, yeah. equity, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Yeah. They also say employ. Well, yeah, we do that. Your we kids. Employ the kids. Mm-hmm. And, but what age can you start employing your your kids? Is it is it like can I employ Caruso at three? Give him a salary. <sighs> no, there's. I don't. And Aaron, and Aaron, Aaron would know this, but it has to be somewhere they can actually do something, right? They'd have to be able to like who's, file papers. Who's to say? He's Caruso helps me again, uh, like that. Set the podcast room right. up. He's moving right. shit from here to there. He gets two hundred fifty so grand a year. I mean, it, it, he's on, no, no, he's no, no. And, then, and there's and then there's a limit. There's like a, a rational limit you can give. For that, you can't just pay them like right a million dollars a year. I, I know, like, I know, right? I know, I know. But yeah, but you want to do that early. One, it's it's good financially, but two, it you know teaching them. Like you had Serafina washing dishes and chores. You do chores yeah, with the we, kids. We do chores, which is really good. And I'm trying to implement that. Uh, also, um, with this money thing in regards to buying them a house or or what have you, have have, have you had to tell your kids? Or will you? Or is there any limits to 
where they could go to college. My buddy's dealing with this right yeah. now with his with his eighteen year old. Mm-hmm. She's going to University of Miami, uh-huh. right? Ninety grand. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's like, that's where she wants to go. Right. Who am I to say that I should uh, you know, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay the night ninety grand. Right. Do you do you draw limits? So for education, I do not draw limits. If we are able to do it financially or we can take out loans, I feel like there's a way and education is so important. Um, but again, we just talked to family friends who they're going through this with their daughter. And when they looked at and they, they had a rational conversation with their daughter. And in the end, they said it's up to their daughter. But they said, if we look at one school that she's going to spend 90 grand a year mm-hmm. or another school that's not as good, but she's going to get financial aid and spend 10 grand a year, we would rather give our daughter, we'd rather go to this school with the lower price tag and even give her the difference of money to use and invest and 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 do that because they feel like it's a it's a better a better model based on your daughters right now yeah if you gave that option to them yeah do you think they would take the lesser school and pocket the money that's interesting like if if you told or which one would do it yeah if aubrey wanted to go to uh universe lexi wanted to go to university right and you said it's 60 grand yeah uh, but you could go to USC. It's twenty grand and pocket the forty. Yeah. I think I think one one of them would take it if they could use that money for our, however they wanted it. But I wouldn't want. I, yeah, you wouldn't that want. wouldn't be the deal, right? Yeah. The deal wouldn't the be deal you would can be. have this money and go, you know, splurge it. It's it's for your life, you know. But I think education is so important. But it is it is, is interesting. It not, is I know. It, Are we going to use it the same is way? Is education right? important as it was back then 30 years ago because yeah. i'm looking at like i don't know a lot of these successful people and maybe they're just in inherently intelligent and smart like you know you hear these guys oh yeah i was going to harvard but i dropped out after a year right. and i and you know built the a billion dollar, billion dollar company, company. Yeah. and but those the, are the few and far yeah they are but the answers now are so like do you really need i know to know anything no i mean well the the issue is i think it depends on what occupation you end up being right i mean there are certain occupations you have to get on on the ride and just ride it out right if you know you're going into medicine there's just a certain path if you're going to be a lawyer there's a certain path so i think they're engineer i think there's certain professions that there's a path created that you sort of have to follow i think there's a lot of career paths that if you ended up coming out and doing it you're not making enough to even pay back your education and maybe if you knew that's what you wanted to do you're better off doing that right from the get-go yeah but how many 18 year olds know exactly what they want to do for the rest of their life that's the problem and you know college is more than education it's a life experience yeah no i agree i mean i, I college i think i learned more uh on just life than right. i actually picked up in education as we are seeing here on the show uh definitely i'm at a deficit when it comes to uh book knowledge um <laughs> This was just thrown in front of me. I don't know what it is. It looked odd. Mm-hmm. It looked really odd. <laughs> I didn't see it. Um, let me pull this up, and okay. we'll just look at it at the same time. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Oh, that's like is it Chinese? You know what that reminds me of? High Lie. You ever you know that game High Lie? <laughs> they played in Florida, oh, yeah, yeah, where yeah, they yeah. they threw the thing yeah. up, the ball up on the uh, wall. 
Okay. What is that? This is uh, I can't. It's it's a Jap Japan's favorite musical toy. Okay. Can't read anything because it's all in Japanese. Right. It's not, it's not bolted down. Packaging is excellent. Yeah. You along the way, that, this just pops pop out. Pop that thing out. Um. So how do you think you use that? Well. Yeah. Um. Uh huh. I just want to. Uh, See if you can figure. Oh, oh, it's ele it's electronic. Wow. Do you, do you have do you have to blow it? It's called uh, the o automaton, automaton, Japan's favorite musical toy. Easy touch electronic musical instrument. It's not it's not doing shit, man. Automaton does not have any marker to strike exact notes like a keyboard. Place the unit on the practice sheet as shown. There you go. So put it on like that. And then place you on the practice sheet as shown here and push the stem switch where the numbers are indicated on the sheet. There you go. Vibrato, a tremulous or pulsating effect produced in an instrument. Vibrate the stem while doing the push technique. But and now and then shake the stem. Press it and then shake it. Yeah, there you go. Vibrato. There you go. Portamento, a continuous gliding movement from one tone to another. So you slide it down. Sounds like a grass whistle, it sounds like. All right. And then Wawa, a musical special effect to produce voice-like tones, open and close the mouth while pushing the stem switch. So press the press the press it and then open and close the mouth while you do that. Okay. Yeah. Let, let me just give you a let me give you my take so far. This is Japan's favorite musical right. toy. This is why Japan and the Japanese yeah. are far superior yeah. than the Americans. 50 years old. Mm -hmm. right? Didn't know what was going on here. You, however, acted like you... Were no, I was just reading instructions. Well, well you, were, you acted like you were Japanese. That's... <laughs> 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 This is what I'm saying. It's like, again, anything that comes <laughs> with, with this, hey, yeah, you're gonna break it. <laughs> do you have to do that? Oh, hold on. Yeah, I mean, you could perform with this. <laughs> I mean, if you had a choice between this and a harmonica. Well, Caruso equally annoying. <laughs> Caruso <laughs> plays the harmonica. Not, I mean, he goofs around with it. But if I left this out, yeah, thanks, Blues Traveler. <laughs> I want to do an experiment. Yeah. I want to leave this out. Yes, just like this. Uh -huh. And I want to see if the kids could figure it out just by right. just by touching and playing with it. Okay. What's the point of the hook? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, there we go. See, <laughs> I mean, two, I was worried. We had, I had it like this. One of this. us is gonna take an right? eye out. It's supposed to go like this. <laughs> yeah. So interesting. Yeah, I'd like to see. We we need to send. We'll put out. We'll post some videos of Serafina and Caruso playing Japan's favorite musical toy, the automaton. I feel cultured by this though, because I've never even seen or heard one of these devices ever. Have you? But I just, I, I'm just fascinated how the Japanese mind works to yeah. even come. It, it's a musical note. Yeah. So look at look at the uh, the kid playing it. <laughs> 
The kid, it's this four and up. The kid's like 17 years old. And, uh, <laughs> and, and he's a scientist. Yeah, look at that. Like, I don't know if you, yeah, 40 bucks. Okay. I actually think we should become the number one reseller for automatomes on Amazon. I think everybody should get one of yeah. these and we should have automaton competitions. Like, um, let's put out there people to what? Uh, Mary had a little lamb, hot cross buns. What can you play on this? Listen. Thing? If you could send us a video uh, of your kid playing this thing and it sounds any way, shape, or form like a yeah. song, we'll send you a swag bag of merchandise. Uh, it's not going to be Daddy versus Doctor. It'll be my own personal merchandise. You'll get a book. You'll get a DVD, some T-shirts. Send it in, uh, and we'll play it. On, if we play it on the show next week, you'll get a free swag bag and, and even better i think if you have this on your child's resume they're getting into college oh definitely that's all you have to show I up mean, to the interview is like i played this as a kid you're in um, lollipops uh, on this just just because it's japanese yeah and i love J japan yeah and the japanese people yes you do six out of five i love it all right six out four of four and a half out of five just for the novelty of it just for the it's novelty. phenomenal little little, little high priced but if it gets, if this gets my kid to behave like a Japanese right. kid, I'm in. So you know why it's forty dollars? Because in Japan, this is their toy, this right? They don't, do. they don't have a room full no. of toys. No, Dad got you this toy, and this is what you're gonna play. You for the master next this, years. and then you build a TV set. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Daddy versus Doctor. Thanks for tuning uh, in. We'll see you next week. The opinions expressed in this program are not intended as professional medical advice, as a diagnosis, as a treatment protocol, or as a substitute for professional medical advice from your physician. Please consider your own medical history and consult with your own physician for your specific health care and or medical needs and about your concerns for yourself and your family.